This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rex. And I'm Link. This week at my round table of dining and Rhett's I can't actually see your table from my my okay, live chat same table. Screen. Same table as last okay. time. I've got the square original The classic card original table. Original Red Link table. Yes. But hey, I've switched rooms, man. As you can see, I am in front of my own skin wall. Yeah, you are. You're halfway in. You're halfway skinned, halfway unskinned. Um, I uh, I came in here because I thought there might be better acoustics. I don't know if there is. There's I think a rug. it's still pretty. There's a rug. There's also a child's bed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I, I I came in here and I was like, Yeah, there's a there's a single Link bed. Link has put would, a. I wouldn't no, call it, it a child's a, bed. It is a child's bed. It is a white bed that has drawers that on one side of it. it has a, every characteristic about this bed is a child's bed. It's a single bed, and yeah, it's got drawers underneath. It's an IKEA bed. That, that, it's kind of a vibe killer. It's kind. I just got to be honest with you. It's yeah, kind of a vibe killer. I, uh, well, it was in my garage, and it's kind of a garage killer. And I'm like, you know what? What? I bet you in that creative house, we could use a bed. That is the bed that when Britain lived in my closet for over a year, I call it a closet, but it was just a like a an office, a very small office. It barely fit that single bed. And it enough might barely fit Britain too, enough based room on to the walk. length that, I, that I'm I listen, I slept in a single bed until I got married. All the way through college. Well, I slept in a single so bed, you? but it was extra extra long. Extra I couldn't long? sleep in this bed. I mean, I could. I guess I could sleep on my side. But, I mean, I just... Not that we have done anything over here. We haven't here done that anything makes, over there. It's just a bed right, in a room. But like, I know, but it could be like a cool couch that you could also sleep on. And like a bed, a child's bed. A bed. I mean, we don't need a bed. It, we'll talk I didn't about this need later. a bed in my garage, <laughs> so I put the bed over there. Have you laid on that well, bed? let's sell it. It's a. It's got a nice mattress on it. It's nice. I, I haven't laid on it. I just moved it because it, it was right here. And you know, oh, you I moved, moved it, it to the other side. That's right. Yeah, because this it was up against my skin wall. You bedded my skin wall. <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it in those terms. We to okay. complete my what are we thought, talking about? Are going in an effort to continue to have a sense of connection amidst such isolation. We ask you, Ear Biscuiteer, to uh, set up some topics of conversation, some questions that we could discuss between the two of us. And we've got some, uh, we got some good conversation starters here. We got some good questions from you guys. Uh, you want to get into the first one? Hold on. Well, well did, did we? Did you give the prompt? 
Or we just, I mean, you kind of gave a version of the prompt. I didn't, I don't, I don't remember what the prompt was, honestly. I think it was, you've been in isolation. Yeah. Or every, you've what had you a lot been, of time to think about things. What have you been thinking yeah. about alone that we could talk about together? And, and give Jenna you definitively Timken, correct answers. <laughs> she says, if you had an opportunity to go back and relive a part of your life, would you? By doing so, just to clarify, she says, it wouldn't change the present. You would do it more to relive an amazing experience or event that you forget. If so, what part of your life would you choose? Now, I, I love questions that don't have consequences. Because, you know, I, I'm sure in the past we've talked about like time travel or like we definitely talked about points in, in our past that we've experienced. Um, but we, we've always, definitely talked about points in our past that we've experienced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of our entire existence. But I think point. maybe we've talked about reliving <laughs> stuff, but I always get wigged out about is it going, what are the ramifications? You know? Yeah. The, the fact that she so took that completely those. out. Yeah. So, first of all, I mean, I think that for me, immediately when you add the qualifier of, you, you won't change it. Well, of course, if I have the option to just go back yeah. and relive one moment, of course I'm going to do it. But I have to choose one moment. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, uh, um, do you have something in mind? Because I'm having difficulty narrowing I, I, it yeah, down to yeah, one. I, I do have something. And you, you might think that it would, you know, some of the typical answers that come to mind are things like, well, at the, mo- the very first moment I met my wife, or my wedding day, or the birth of my kids. One of I have to choose one. Um, and while all those would be candidates for me, I feel like um, I don't feel like in the moment that those things were happening. And this may be a reason to go back to them. I don't feel like I was thinking the right things in those moments, or like really like experiencing them in the right way. But when I did start thinking about a moment where in the moment I said to myself, this is as good as it gets. I I have a candidate. Okay. You were there. You were there, but you weren't, you were, you were tangentially there. Hmm. We were surfing. Should I guess? Oh, you're surfing. Okay. I know. Okay. And I think I know what you're going to say. And I caught a wave and a dolphin caught the wave with me. Yeah. And I was there and, and you went by me. me. And you told me afterward, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, I saw you catch the wave. It was great. And you said there was a dolphin in the wave. And I did not see that. So can I go back yeah, to see the dolphin? Well, I mean, you should probably have your own that doesn't involve watching me do something. (laughs) (laughs) When you go back, I'll be there. So I want you to say on this next wave, look for dolphins in the wave. And then as and then in the future, which is now, as we're having this conversation, my answer might be. Remember that time that I saw that dolphin in the wave and I swam over to it and you were riding the wave and I was riding the dolphin? (laughs) <laughs> well, but here's the thing. You By doing that, you would, even change though something. she said you wouldn't change it, you would change the moment if you tried to ride the dolphin. Because I was riding the wave and I and it was like, you know, we hadn't been surfing that long. Like catching a wave and like really catching a wave was still a big deal. And it was, 
it was one of those days where it was just a low, long, slow, strong wave. So you had time to like think and experience it, you know? And then I look down and there's a freaking, the smartest mammal in the ocean besides me (laughs) is, is just sitting there, just hovering in the water next to me going the same speed. And I was like, it can't get any better than this. You know what would make it it, better? Your life just peaked. If it was, if it was nighttime and you were surfing on one of those waves and dolphin was in it, but it was one of those iridescent glowing waves that's happening off the coast of California right now. Like there's people. Is it still happening? And you know, I don't know if it's still happening, but I I think it was a short window. As of a, like within the past week, it was happening, and hmm, I wanted to drive and see that, but I have not done that. But of course, they're opening. They've opened the California beaches for you can't sunbathe, but you can surf and you can jog. You can do like activities. And guess who bought a new surfboard? You did. Your buddy. You bought a new surfboard. I bought a. You haven't even been using the one you got. I bought a regular surfboard. I bought an eleven foot longboard because I'm going. I I have to. I have to do regular surfing, man. I have to. I have to get where I don't have to have the paddle because I want to be able to go to like Malibu and surf without people looking at me like I'm a dork. I have to do that. I have to get to that place. I've made up my mind. So what are you going to do? You're going to start you're going to start surfing, you're going to ask me to go and then I'm going to be out there on a paddleboard. You didn't you didn't even include me in this. Now, you if go, I'm going to go out there, go. I'm going to be that guy with the paddleboard. Well, the places that we typically go, there's a lot of people with paddleboards and there's also people who go out one person's on a paddleboard and like somebody else is not on a paddleboard. I think that's fine. It's just if I get where I'm good and then I'm like, "Hey man, I'm going to Malibu. At that point, you have to make a decision. And by the way, I have and that another. that would be kind of late. Well, you told me that you can't paddle because of your shoulder. So I don't know what to do about that. I think that's it. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know what to do I've been about practicing. That. I've been practicing my pop-ups. I've been just out in the yard just popping up. So you, you ordered a surfboard and it was delivered to your house? A big honking surfboard? 11 feet, yeah. It's a very, really, really long. But I'm a very, very big man. You can probably paddleboard it. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's basically a my, paddleboard. My paddleboard paddle paddle. is not even that long. No, it's longer. It's longer or the same length as my existing paddleboard, but it's much narrower. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I definitely miss going surfing, and now they've opened up the surf, so you can go surfing. Yeah, yeah. Again. I was going to tell you. Next chance we get, we should go. And I'm going to go go on my existing paddleboard, the thing that I probably have lost the ability to do because it's been so long since we've been. But I'll probably pick it up faster than you will trying to hop on one of those non-paddleboards. Here's the thing. I'm just going to wait. If if, if you just take off with it, then I'm going to be tempted. I'm going to be tempted to try it. I don't want to be left in the dust. And it's not like a... I didn't get like a... I, I still got a soft top. I didn't get like a... I mean, I got like a surf tech. Uh, Is that like uh, a, the Walmart board. brand or something? No, it's like the kind you learn on. Okay. You know, I it's still very not, not intimidating. And like if I hit somebody with the board, they're Won't not going to die. Okay. Yeah. 
But eventually I will get a board that I could kill people with. My dad told me that when we moved to California when I was three years old, I remember not at three, but like at five, my dad was talking about the surfers at Malibu. He was like, you realize that if you go out there and you get in the way of the surfers, they'll, they have really sharp boards and they'll shoot the board into your head and kill you. On purpose? On purpose. Mm. As opposed to on Talk purpose, about which is what I would be if... <laughs> I went back to relive that memory. It's interesting that you, okay, that you picked that. See, because my mind immediately went to things in my, in my past that were extremely meaningful experiences that I don't think I approached it correctly, which you alluded to. Uh, So, yeah, I'm too too worried about that. I'm too worried about going back and I I don't know. I picked a moment where I felt like I did appreciate it in the moment so that I could just go back and do it exactly the same way again. I, that's what, that's what struck me, but I get what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. I, and that is why the first thing that popped into my head was my wedding day, because I think it, first of all, I know that I didn't enjoy myself. I was, I was like a, I was like a nervous wreck the night before at the rehearsal dinner. I was a nervous wreck. You know, we've been through this and You know, I just, I try, when I think back on that, I try to apply that to my life now, but it's, it's so hard to be in a moment saying, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this moment because what, whatever it is that concerns you about it. And with the wedding day, I can't even tell you everything I was concerned about. It was just everyone else's expectations, which is totally wrong. It's, this is, it's my day and Christie's day. Well, why on earth am I so concerned about everyone else's experience and everything like that? You know, I would totally have them soak it in and have a much better time. I would also get really get a kick out of because everybody that we both knew pretty much was in attendance. So it would be a way to 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 rub elbows with everybody and have I mean, I had a moment with everybody at like the wedding reception and, but it's like, I, I don't even remember it. It was such a blur. So I think it's, it, it's like a cheat code to have, to have one moment in time where I have access to everyone up until that point in my life that was meaningful, I had a meaningful relationship with, was there for my past and, and then my then present, you know? So I think, I think I've hacked it with that one. I, th- I think that's well, actually, I think that's actually that my choice. And the fact that you couldn't change anything. So then you could go back and it isn't, it wouldn't just be about savoring it and enjoying it. You could also be like, what if I did this? Like Groundhog Day, it, it, there are no consequences. What if I just dropped my pants in the middle of my wedding? Like, wouldn't it be fun to see how everybody would react? That is my biggest knowing- regret that I didn't drop my <laughs> pants during my wedding ceremony. No, but if there were no consequences, wouldn't you just do something to stir it up? I, I, my hesitancy to, in choosing a moment like that was... I, if I go back too far, I think I would just be thinking about things like, well, my body feels different. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Whereas going back to surfing like three years ago, pretty much the same guy. Like I, I wouldn't be thinking like, man, like I feel so spry right now. I'm going to run or, you know, whatever. If we increased our frequency of surfing, the chances of that happening again are, 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 it's not out of the question, you know? Oh, I know. Surfing with surfing with dolphins is actually yeah, it's it's something that happens. So it could happen again. Yeah, it, but I'm well, not getting married again. We surf with dolphins multiple times. 
of course, I'll be out there on a paddleboard, and like I'll be able to go with the pod, and you'll be just you'll be at a, you'll be all alone. I am worried about being in shape enough. It, it, it's it, it wears you out. Yeah, I just don't. My shoulders and just like upper body strength, like I don't have any chest muscles. Like uh, I don't think you need. I don't think you need them. When I went, this. when I went to my you just need physical endurance. therapist guru, you know. In addition to all the things that I told you that she told me about inviting my weird rib to the party, how's that what? going? Has it come what? to the party yet? Um, I don't. I can touch it now a little bit. I, I can, can touch, touch my t- rib now. I'm touching it right now, but it still freaks me out. She. The first thing she did was she said, "You don't have any you chest muscle." <laughs> she. Basically, <laughs> it's like you show. Like, thanks a lot. She was like. She basically told me I had a bird chest. <laughs> and I paid her for that. Right. You know, I was paying some her. People pay, some people pay for insults. It's it's a thing. I think it's like an S&M thing. <laughs> I would go. <laughs> I So I guess that's my answer. I would go back to that physical therapy appointment so I could. That was a wild ride, man. I mean, I'm, I missed my physical. I noticed everything about my life that was weird, you know, that I don't get to go out and do like be critiqued by my physical therapist or but well, we can go surfing but you, you know and we'll move on in a second but the real thing that got me going on this getting a regular surfboard uh first of all i had like a foam board that is not i went out on it that one time i'm just i'm too big for it like it's not rated for it was rated for like 200 pounds i, I weighed like 220 i needed like a legit board that'll hold me up but the thing i was thinking is that we've got these ideas we've been talking about with like, so we've got some surfing related ideas that I actually want to get serious about. And they require like actually regular surfing and not, not having your hands on a paddle. And so I was like, I just got to learn how to do this. Well, thanks and for if, the heads it, up it, is all I'm saying. I mean, I, would you have gone out? You wouldn't have gone out and bought a board. You no. would be like, well, you would, you would have said, well, let's see how you do with yours. So that's why I haven't told you about it. I was just are. like, next time we go, here we are. I'll, I'll just take my board out. And then eventually I'll get good. And you'll be like, man, you don't even have a paddle. And I'll be like, yeah, you can, you can have this too. Mm. Are you going to let me try it? Yeah. I might, I might, I might have some hidden, hidden ability to do it all of a sudden since last time we did it. It's all about, we got to get in better shape. It's all about endurance. That's the only, that's the, that's the X factor. You just got to have the ability it's, to it's get all out about there knowing and ha- still have energy to stand up. When to exude, exert yourself. It, but once you understand how to do something, then you can channel your exertion and not waste a bunch of energy doing all the wrong things. You know, that's true with any yeah. type of physical thing. You know, I'm an athlete. I understand these principles. And I, and I actually have been watching YouTube videos about, and and, uh, we did so many things wrong with that, that day we went out with regular boards. So many things wrong. Oh, so many things wrong. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you the YouTube videos. I can benefit from that. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever. And so is finally moving in together. Just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because 
their family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Uh, JT1, why is the music of the 70s, 80s, and 90s so good? Is it just nostalgia or is it because music was truly epically good then and now it's just not as good slash harder to find good music? Oftentimes, the music now is good. That is good, has strong influence from the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Well, first of all, I agree that the 70s and 80s are good in terms of music. Now, 90s, I feel like you got to be more specific in order to say it's good. I don't think everything in the 90s is good. And I think that kind of gets at where I ultimately am going to pick apart JT with an A and an E stance on this. So my interpretation, I agree with you. And I think the reason for that perspective, which a lot of people have, I've got two thoughts on this. The first is, the further you get away from a time period, the more it crystallizes. Yeah, and you're and not so hearing you, you're not hearing the like only what's worthy of sticking around has stuck around. So when you think right. of that decade, you only think about the stuff that's stood the test of it has time. staying power. Yeah, so it's not that the seventies or the eighties. I mean, well, first of all, it probably did have less music and there is more that which is a factor. There's it more is, and yeah. more music because it's easier and easier to make music independently than it was back in the day. So as time has passed, there's just more and more music. So I guess it's more it's easier for something to stand out. But it isn't like there wasn't a lot of different music happening in the seventies or the eighties. It's just not all of it stuck 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 around. And we're clo- we're still pretty close to the nineties. Like you know, people like us, That was, we were in high school. We are in college at that time. I'll, I'll make a tangential statement, which I think might be controversial, or at least people disagree with it. I think that hip-hop now is better than it's ever been. Period. So, to, to me, this is an exception. This is this is this is my personal exception to this is that it's it's the best it's ever been. I mean, when you go back and listen to when you listen to hip hop, it's very especially like early hip hop. I'm talking like cool 80s. Modi. Yeah. I mean, if you if you go back to the inception, it's very exciting to listen to from a nostalgic standpoint because it was just starting to bud. And now it's blossomed into all different all different genres, and it it changes so fast that it makes use of every. It seems like every everything that catches leads to the next thing and benefits from it. I mean, I I love music for a number of reasons, but I love that aspect of it. When when JT was talking about the strong influence of the seventies, eighties, and nineties, or basically, you're just saying. Music influences music influences music and it moves forward. But I, I just feel like now there's so much to enjoy and there's so many subgenres of hip hop that 
early on, like classic, you just didn't, you know, it, it was still forming. And it's, and so there's, there's more to enjoy. It's, it's, it's better now, especially because it's the whole conceit of hip hop from a production standpoint is taking things and then repurposing and remaking them, you know, between sampling and splicing and looping and all of that. Um, I just think it's better. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, okay. I, I have the second part of my thought actually ties into what you're talking about. And I'm going to use the NBA as an analogy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we've both been watching The Last Dance, which I hope that wasn't going to be your wreck. We can talk it if it be. was. It could. We can tease a wreck. Go for um, it. So, if you care about sports, and based on the couple of times I've said things about sports on Twitter, uh, I get the impression that the mythical beast uh, herd is not not a lot of sports fans, but there are some. But this last dance ESPN documentary about the, the Bulls, Chicago Bulls, and Michael Jordan is phenomenal, is one of the best things I've ever watched in entertainment, period. If, if you're into basketball Absolutely and you're our age. So if you can, if you lived through th- those seasons in the, yeah. that, that was what, 98, 97, yeah, well, they, I mean, they go through the whole, they basically, basically go through Jordan's career, but it, it, they right. really focus on the 97, 98 season. Now, one of the things that comes up a lot of times is this you know, hypothetical conversation about how good would Jordan be now? And this is I, I, one of the, and I know you're watching it with Lincoln. I watch it with Locke. And so we're watching it with these teenage boys who are really into basketball, love the NBA. And, you know, Locke kept leaning over during this thing. And he's like, I just didn't know he was that good. I just, I didn't appreciate how good Jordan was. Yeah. Now, but then when you ask the hypothetical question of, well, how would Jordan be if you just took him, literally you took 1995 Michael Jordan and you just put him on an NBA court now? You know, that's it. He just, he's there. And how would he do? And I feel pretty strongly that he would just be sort of a middle of the road player initially. Now, I think that he would adjust pretty quickly and become one of the, he would become an all-star most likely. Uh, but it's not a cut and dry situation. Now, the reason I say that is, and you you actually get this when you watch the documentary. You know, Jordan wasn't playing basketball in the off season. Uh, he 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 didn't even start lifting weights until he lost to the Pistons two years in a row. Yeah, and was pissed off about it. Um, Pistoned the, off. The, let's the, say. Yeah, the system that generates basketball players now is a completely different system that has been fine-tuned. You know, he was—he didn't even make his varsity, This the story goes, you know, and they talk about the documentary, he didn't make his varsity team his sophomore year. Um, 
But now kids who are going to be, and you look at the other bulls, like Scottie Pippen going to like central Arkansas or whatever. And then, um, uh, like Horace Grant went to some other school that nobody, a small school that doesn't happen anymore because the system that Mm -hmm. creates these NBA players at that level, their nutrition, their fitness, their practice, their insights that they get, their coaching, everything has been fine-tuned and it is it is definitively better. Now you might be like, it's not as rough or whatever, but if you were to take LeBron as developed as he is and you just throw him back into that system, I think he would dominate even more than he does because of the system that he's come up in. Now, I think the same holds true in music and what you're, but I think there's something special about that time because one of the things that makes it so special is that the opportunity to innovate and stand above the competition in the way that Jordan did is something that is so hard to do. There's not going to be another Michael Jordan because the delta on the opportunity for innovation is smaller than it's ever been because the system is so efficient at producing excellence, right? And so I think the same thing has happened in music. And also the accessibility for people to create music on their own has gotten where we are just overwhelmed with really, I mean, it, 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 there's there's a lot of good music. There's also a lot of bad music because there's so much opportunity. And I just think we've gotten to a place where finding the special connection with music is harder to do than it was at that point. And it doesn't mean that it's not good or better or the music was, but the music was, let's just say, more special back when the threshold or the threshold, to, the barrier to entry to actually make music was bigger. Yeah. That's um, my that's my theory. Okay, well, there's there's two parts to that. I mean, I think I agree that the fact that there's so many more artists who who can be heard that it's 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 hard for any one artist to really pop i mean of course it still happens i mean you've got superstars um you've got your lady gaga's you got your drakes um but it it but it does it feel different than back in the era of michael jackson yeah, because there's still you're, there's still so much competition. I mean, right. Drake can't go away that long. He's you know he's got to his features have to be just as groundbreaking as his own albums or mixtapes, and you know it, it it has to keep coming in order to remain relevant. You just can't. You've got to work really hard for that because there's so much competition. The part about the system, though, I, I don't, I don't, th- I think the analogy doesn't work there. I mean, if you look at, if you just look at country music and how the Nashville sound came about, and there was a whole, there was a manufacturing process around around that, around the early days of rock and roll. I mean, you got the, um, it, you know, you've got Glenn Campbell and the the, the names leaving me at this point, but like the the super group of studio musicians who are just creating, just churning. They just, they just show up every day and churn out these tracks for, for some, for some singer songwriter or, or somebody who's a pretty face or a pretty voice. Um, so there, there was a machine for, but it was a machine based, but it was a machine based on pure talent. Like 
Glenn Campbell is sitting there like physically interacting with a sonic instrument to make noise. Whereas now a 12 year old is in his room with garage band and creates something. And it's just like, it, it's yeah, not was, that it doesn't by, take by time. The way, I was, I was talk, thinking about the wrecking crew, the, the Los Angeles studio based crew that brought in that that's not country music, but they but don't, and don't, but don't you think that that's, I guess what I'm saying is, and maybe this does go against my analogy. I think that that the wrecking crew was doing something that's more special than the 12 year old in their room with GarageBand. Well, it, not, yeah, no, I'm not saying that no, but it's not saying, awesome, but I'm just saying it's not, it isn't as special because how many wrecking crews can there be? Well, there's only a limited number of how many there can be. They, they churned out a bunch of stuff. Can get GarageBand. Yeah, they Millions. made a lot of hits, but I, again, I think it's a, but there are still people who are making amazing music using those tools. And there's, there's a lot more opportunity for true artists to, to come out of the woodwork. And I, th- and I think that they're, you know, I, I think it, but I, I, we're so close to it. You know, I think time, t- time will tell. Time will tell if, uh, are we going to be listening to my strange addiction, you know, 20 years from now? Probably. I, I think that the, I think the so. simple fact that there's, it's so clouded with so many more options over time. And because of the re- the revolution of digital music, digital music that replicates analog music, I feel like you're going to look back and it's going to be much more difficult to recognize the sound of a decade. I think that the recognizing the sound of a decade is something that potentially died in the 90s. I don't know. I don't know if it made it into the new millennium. I just think. What's too, the I just think we're too close to it. I what's mean, the difference between the set, the set, what what is the sound of the two thousands versus the sound of the twenty tens? What's We've the difference? Two decades. What's to the difference out. between the last Justin Timberlake album, which maybe is a bad example because I didn't listen to it, <laughs> versus the 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 last In Sync album? A whole lot. You know, I think he was wearing like a flannel on the cover of that album. I was like. Say something about the woods. I mean, I didn't listen to that one, so I don't know. But um, well, you're right. Time will tell. I'm just saying that my theory at this point is that it won't. There won't be a definitive. Like when you think '50s music, what do you think? You think like doo wop, right? Not as good. You know, when you think '60s music, you think ah, like late starting to get into some like okay weird hippie stuff. Late late '60s, you get it gets real good. Yeah. That's when music started but, to get real good. But yeah, it wasn't okay. before. I mean, in my opinion, it wasn't before then. But then there's always something that's going to grip you since then. There's a, But it's really splintered. And I think that, just to wrap it up, I think that most of what grabs me is the stuff that is calling back to the times where I thought that music was special. So there, for me... There's not a whole lot of music that's being made that it that isn't really heavily influenced by something in the past that I'm really into. Like I'm not into any uh, new well, genres. No, no I, I think that. But the phrase "influenced by the past," it, 
Why do you have to say that? It's like that. Of co- well, no, no. You, what, I, what I'm saying of is course like uh, everything's influenced by something. All music is influenced by something. So I don't but think you need some to things that. are some things are more of a departure from the past than others. Some things call back more thoroughly. So yeah. in other words, like I'm not a, I'm not an EDM fan because it's very difficult for EDM to capture much of anything from the past because it's a very future futuristic forward looking genre. But I just don't. There's no soul in it to me. I don't. I don't connect with it. But that's Maybe your something's problem. wrong with me. Yeah. I, I mean, and I. But do you? Ca- I, you like EDM? I don't know enough. No, and I don't know enough about <laughs> it. I, I'm. But I'm not going to say that it's not influenced by stuff because it absolutely has oh, to. Oh, it's clearly influenced by stuff. But it's. But it's a. It's a more bold departure than say Jason Isbell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know, like I'm, I mean, I haven't listened to a lot of craft work either. But it's like, I mean, what is that? Craft work, I think, had to influence all electronic music from the seventies. What is craft work? Craft work is um, craft work with a K and then an E. Is it a band? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, German band formed in 1970. Uh, widely considered as innovators and pioneers of electronic music, they were among the first successful acts to popularize the genre. It's just you're not into electronic music. No. But, you, I mean, you'll like the Daft Punk album, just like I will. But it's it's just not your thing. But when it's not our thing... And why do I like the Daft Punk album? Because it's a, it is, by definition, a strong throwback to the 70s in disco. And I mean, even has it even has the story of the connection to the original pioneers of disco in the album, built into the album. They tell the story. Um, so, if from and, and that connects back to a time when I was actually alive. I was a I little, I don't a little think teeny baby. The, I don't think that's what the story is. I think it's the inventor of the synthesizer. I'm just saying it's a different thing. We don't know as much. But about he talks it. about that. He, ta- he talks about that beat, the click track and stuff. Uh, I'm just saying that like it's literally a throwback and it's got a, it's got a historical angle. And that's why we like it. But if things get too on the cutting edge of the future, we don't like it anymore. And, and unless you're really, really hip and I don't want to be that hip. I'm not that dad. <laughs> I don't know. I think we could, about, talk about, we, we, could have, we could have easily made this into an episode, by the way, and we just made it into one question. So maybe we'll have to come back to well, I, this you subject. Know, for, for the next listening party, Britton and I are working. We were like, we got to do something. We got to do some music that's now. So I, I think by the time this comes out, it would have come out. But we decided we were only going to play music for each other. That is music that's moving us now, like brand new music. Like over the weeks or months old. And I had to get excited about it in a different way because it, it was more <laughs> difficult to get excited about. But I but there's lots of music that's moving me. So it can happen. Yeah, I mean yeah. I I agree. It's Sophia Franklin, and if you don't already know, listen up. My mini-series is live now each and every Monday, and the only person missing is you. We're dating, we're dumping, we're learning, and we're tapping into all the feels that originally brought us together. Listen and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Let's move on to another question. This one is from Rafa Conrad. Uh, 
What is your perspective about fandoms? Okay, it's it's interesting because um, I've been thinking more about more about fandoms lately um, because, and I think this is true for you too. I'll just speak for myself. I I wouldn't consider myself. I, I've never experienced being a part of a fandom. Now, I, obviously, I'm excluding the fact that. You know, that we, there's a fandom around what we do. There's a mythical fandom. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm, I'm very reverent towards, uh, what, how, how people are, have created it as a fandom, but it is, it, it's, I observe it from the, I don't want to say from the top down or from the outside in, but like, I mean, a fandom formed around the stuff that we create, but I don't even though I'm very passionate about a lot of things, I don't think that I could say that I've ever actually been a part of a fandom. And I'll, I will tease that I gained some insight through some recent experiences, which I'll talk about in a second, but I just wanted to put that out there at first. Have we, have, have either one of us ever been a part of a fandom and how do we define fandom? Do we need to well, look that will, up like craft work? I mean, you can look it up, but I'll give you my layman's definition. You can see if Google agrees with me. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a group of people who have connected with each other because they have connected with all connected together a, around something else that they like. Yeah. Fans of a particular person, team, fictional series, etc., regarded collectively as a community or subculture. So yeah, no, community. See, I would, I, I, yeah, I think that the, the, for me, the community aspect is the thing. So I would consider I'm probably I'm the the most I'm a part of a fandom is a fan of NC State athletics. I mean that that, that that's the easiest thing, right? So my college, Lynx College. So it isn't like I have a group of people that I get together with and watch games, but I have like you know a couple of our college buddies that. I'll talk to you about a big game or something like that. I mean, there are, there's like a group of NC state people that get together at like a bar in Pasadena and watch, really watch games together. You, you ever thought about time I've thought about it. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I have thought about it. Um, because you know, especially when the thing about being a part of a fandom is that, you relate in this way. And when you're an NC state sports fan, you relate in a very particular way of like having your hopes dashed against the rocks of reality over and over again for decades and decades. And that makes you a certain type of fan. Right. And so there's a connection there, just a like-mindedness that you don't even have to think about when you meet somebody. Oh, and if you see somebody with an NC, like the thing is, is that like, the the block S from Stanford is exactly the same as the block S from NC State, except the NC State has N and C kind of small in there. And so you, I, I, when I first moved out here, I saw all these block S's and I was like, State, no, Stanford, State, no, Stanford, State. You never see somebody wearing anything NC State. But Until it's you happened do. maybe five and like, times Whoa. in 10 years. And yeah. I talk to these people. Yeah, because, I talk to them. Because there's so much and I don't suffering. talk to anybody. It's, it's basically like, in medieval times, if you got if you get thrown in a dungeon, you're like in the blocks, and you're like you're in the shackles. 
what are you going to do? You're going to start, you're going to start talking to the guy or the gal next to you. You know, you're going to, hey, you're going to, you're going to connect in the misery of being in that situation. That's what it's like to be a Wolfpack fan. And so right. you, if you're going to endure the heart wrenching And you've opted, loss, you've opted out, by I've the way. Opted out. You've opted out of that. I've opted out. I mean, I love, I love NC State. I love my experience, but I just cannot, when it comes to the, the sports experience, I cannot stand being being trampled, um, and then getting my hopes up just enough to think that it's not going to happen the time after or the time after that. Yeah, I get it. But so so yeah, there's a you, you have this need for connection. I mean, my my insight came when and you know I was talking about how Lily and I started watching John Mayer's live Instagram show called Current Mood, which is roughly comes out every week. Um, you know, we're both big fans of his music. Our families are big fans of his music. You know, we're middle-aged white guys. What are we supposed to do? But Yeah, you got to like John Mayer. But like our you kids are into You lose your card it. if you don't like John Mayer. Lily, Lily's really into it, and she got me into Current Mood. And I've, it was such a different experience because... Well, it was live, so there was like more of a connect. We've done a lot of live stuff, and we really built, we really started to build our community when we were doing that Retin Link Cast Live. There is something magical about knowing that this is happening now, and if I type something, he might he might read it, he might respond to it. There could be a little conversation, some acknowledgement. Um, but even beyond that. When it, when an episode was over and I was reflecting on it, I just started to appreciate specifics about it, like why I was really into it. You know, the fact that he has a certain sense of humor, but he also talks about things that are serious and he processes things in an interesting way and he thinks in a similar way to me. I started to relate on that level and I started to become curious how many other people had that type of experience. And here I am in bed. I'm on Reddit anyway. I'm like, I bet you there's a John Mayer Reddit thread. I wonder if there's a current mood Reddit thread. Because I didn't want to just talk about, I didn't want to be a fan of John Mayer. I wanted to talk about the sh- that show specifically and like the episode I had just watched. I found myself wanting to discuss it with other people. Um, and there there wasn't one. There, there was a John Mayer Reddit thread. Oh, and some people would talk about... I was mood, sure that you were going to say that there was. So I, I actually found that I was frustrated that there wasn't, and I, I ain't going to start it. I ain't got time for that. But sometimes there's a current mood entry in the John Mayer thread, and I don't even know what John Mayer fans are called, if they have a name, like how they associate themselves in the fandom. But again, I'm speaking of it as if I'm not involved in it, but I'm, I've gotten as close as I as I have to saying that I'm in a fandom because I found myself wanting to just talk to people about somebody else's work and connect over it. And I don't think, I mean, I really like connecting and talking to people about music and, but music is not a fandom, you know, it's got to be a specific thing. And it actually get, started. Mean, hold on. You mean when you put on your dating profile that you like music? That doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, and for the record, I do not have a dating profile, so right. Rhett, I don't know what Rhett's but, referring to. But if you did, 
you wouldn't say I'm really into music. I would put I, I would I would I would put I'm I like listening to music. That's a hobby of mine. But when when I say that, I really mean it. Like I like to sit down and listen to music, and I like to think about it, and I like to talk about it. So I'm not some. I, I'm not just somebody who says, "Yeah, I like music." Yeah, I like, I like food. I like yeah, to eat saying food. I like, I like music, to music, to music is like I like food. Right. I like sunshine. But I started to think. I gained insight into how the mythical beasts enjoy our content because there's when you really get something, and I feel like you know the mythical beasts really get us. I think that's what. That's what it means to be a mythical beast, that you watch it and you you understand why it's... Wor- they well, want to connect to us. We, we, they you connect know, to we what we create, whole, they connect to who we are. And I started to, I started chapter to understand the that for the first time. About this. There, yeah, there if somebody likes what you like, then you like yeah. them. Because we talked about Merle Haggard. I, and I think that right. the, 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 thing, the, the thing that we didn't do... Me and you connected with each other right. over our love for Merle. But we didn't connect with the greater fandom because when we went to the concerts, it was a bunch of 65-year-old people. It was right. like, and I'm not Britain. You know what I'm saying? Like, your cousin, Britain, will go to a horror convention and come back best friends with a 94-year-old woman. It's like, I, you know, and that's awesome. And I wish I was more open to personal connection than that. But I just... I'm not. So it was like, oh, my friend likes this. This is something we connect. But the greater community of people who would call themselves mayor heads or whatever, mm-hmm. mayors, maybe just call themselves mayors. They're all mayors of Mayor Town. <laughs> John Mayer fans. Um, I don't know. It, it, to, to some extent, it feels like a commitment it's the same reason I don't go. I, I consider myself an NC State sports fan, but I don't go to that bar to watch NC State lose in sports mm. with other people. Uh, because you got to com- you, you got to commit. You got to commit not just to the thing that you like. You have to commit to the other people who like it. Yeah, it, there's a lot more time involved, and I think I found myself. If there was a John Mayer, if there was a current mood discussion, like that was reliable every week, like I in this environment right now, being home so much, like I, I could see myself starting to make friends in that environment and start, you know, it's, um, you know, Mike, our friend Science Mike, he's big into Dungeons and Dragons. He talks to us about it, but he talks about how he'll play and, and he has a group of friends that he plays with that. Um, some of them were, were, were members of his community who also like Dungeons and Dragons and were part of that community. So then they would form their own little group. But I mean, I mean, you got the whole Trekkie thing that was the, the quintessential beginning of fandoms in my mind when you go to a convention and then you would be, make friends with those people. And that was, but I I think in this environment, and by the way. But by con, I did not mean the wrath of con. I just meant conventions. Yes, you did. But there is a double meaning, and you have to specify when you're talking about Star Trek. Or Star Trek, as I said, until I was like 13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I need to go full in on a fandom in order to then be a better 
What are we? Figureheads of the mythical fandom? Figurehead is someone well, who really doesn't do anything, but it well, kind of... There, there, there's a... There's a being careful with that. <laughs> there's a very specific opportunity, given the fact that there's two of us, because you could become part of my fandom, <laughs> and I could become part of your fandom, and that's how we fully participate in the mythical fandom. It's just like, hey, I'm a big fan of the mythical mythical stuff, but really, so it's you're going to start it's tweeting. That I <laughs> you're going to start tweeting about all. You, you know when Link said so and so, so and so, like wasn't that wasn't that cool? I'm gonna I'm gonna start like a I'm gonna start a Twitter account that's like Link's ocean blue eyes or something like that, <laughs> and tweet about you constantly. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, what are you how, what are you gonna do about me? I'm already I'm already really close to being a mayor head. I think that's where I'm gonna go. <laughs> Well, I'm not committing to you if you don't commit to me. <laughs> we, we have enough commitments to each other. We don't need to be each other's biggest fan. Okay, let's let's do let's do one more question. All right. Uh, this one's from Michelle. Very practical. Thoughts about using a blanket on the couch? Does it need to be folded or put away after each use, even if you know you're going to just pull it out next time? My husband says yes, but I say no. I literally use a blanket on the couch year-round. We use a blanket on the couch year-round. I mean, there's certain blankets that our entire family has, um, they consider the best blanket. And so then we bought a weighted blanket. And for a little bit, the weighted blanket became the coveted blanket that everyone fought over. You had to get on there. You had to get underneath it first as like calling shotgun. But then turns out the weighted blanket was too heavy. Too weighted. So now the second most popular blanket has now become the most too popular heavy blanket for who? again. Uh, for most people, it gets too warm and it's and you could injure yourself moving it. I don't like the weighted blanket because I could hurt my shoulders trying to pick that thing up and move it. I gotta preserve you, that well, for surfing. How did you hurt yourself? Well, I tried to move a weighted blanket. So our second most popular blanket became the coveted blanket and again. I'm I'm looking at it over there and it's gone. Somebody's got it. And we just bought a second one. We should have bought five of them. So I will say so there's every, always blankets when you laying watch around. A movie together, when you watch a movie together, everyone has a blanket? All five? Yeah. pretty. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because um, when we watch a movie together, they all have blankets. And I just, I'm, I, I, don't, I just don't quite get it. I'm kind of well, like. Are you warm natured? You're a little warm natured. No, I'm actually, I get cold. Most of the time when you say that you're cold, I'm like, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it is a little cold. I just honestly. You should get a blanket. I don't, I don't think about it as much. And I like a blanket. I think it's just, I just assume that it's not going to be big enough. I just assume that all blankets oh. don't, won't fit me. And so I just, it's like, it's the reason I, I don't try things on at stores. I'm like, it's not going to fit me. Our favorite blanket is big enough for you, man. It's such a big blanket. You can, I take that blanket and I can, I can hold it. It's, it's about, it's like a six by eight blanket. That would fit me. Now, but we do, so we have a lot of blankets, you know, on the couch. Well, there's at least two. For some reason, there's usually two. And since three of them want blankets, they get in fights. And I don't know why we haven't done the math on this, but 
my wife is cleaning up constantly. Um, and the rest of us are, my kids significantly worse than me creating mess. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's interesting now given quarantine, cause we don't have anybody over. Right. So Jesse likes to get the house real nice for people who don't live in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, um, but we've been keeping it pretty clean, but I got to say that the blankets have just been nonchalantly thrown over the couch and sort of left in place for, I'd say weeks now with and no, like there's no folding and putting away. And now if she gets into a, cl- a cleaning mindset, they will be folded and put away only to be taken out again. Even in this environment, I think that creates a lot of problems. I mean, you could anticipate my position on this. I think that blankets should be folded and not put Why away. What, they should be what, folded. What problems? Put, when you walk up to a couch and there's a blanket that someone's been in on it, and it's like just like a clump of blanket. But folding if, doesn't make it cleaner. It is not inviting because it says someone else has been in this. Someone else's body, body smells and skin cells and stuff is, is all in it. Now, if you fold it up, that statement's still true, but it doesn't. It Even doesn't more make you. So. It doesn't make you think about it. It doesn't. But logically, make you think. Someone else has been in this blanket. But the other parts of the person that came off of them and got on the blanket are now folded up, and they're multiplying when it's folded. No, they're not. At least when it's out in the open, it's they're dying. It's not the pieces, laid out. The pieces t- of the person a, are dying. It's in a clump. It's like a brain. It's smushed together, and there's all. T- there's even more crevices. There's even think, more crevices. The viruses that are on the people are being crushed by the blanket being folded. Not true. Well, I don't want to talk about viruses at all. I just think um, that it's not inviting to go into like if a shirt's hanging on a rack, you're like, I could try that on. If the shirt's laying in the bottom of a, you know, uh, the, the the stall, I don't want to try that on. Even though someone else has already tried on both of those shirts to use your. Okay, let me ask you a different question that's related to this. When your wife goes out of town and you're at home alone, do you make the bed and why? Um, I, I like to make the bed because then if I, if I take a nap, I like to take a nap on top of the bed because if I get under the covers, then that's not a nap. That's sleeping. Well, I was trying to trap you because your logic of other people's parts doesn't apply when it's just you sleeping in a bed, right? I, it's I just, just think your it, parts. it's just more exciting when you walk in a room and there's like there's a blanket here and it's folded and there's a blanket draped over here strategically. It's like oh, and then it also it send when something's in clumps, it sends a signal to the other people in the house, the kids, that you know what? Oh, I can leave my chip bag here. I can leave my half drunk can of Lacroix here. I can leave so my you think fully a clean can of a clean house starts a with a clean bed. Yeah, now listen, sets a tone. Uh, I don't agree, um, and as you might guess, I do not make the bed when I'm sleeping alone in it. Um, and my wife makes the bed literally. Is she like the like she can't start her life if the bed isn't made. And I don't every do that. single time. I don't make the bed every morning, but I do like a made bed. 
But every single time I'm participating in the making of the bed, because if I happen to get caught in the room at the time when she's doing it, I got long arms. I look like I'm made to make beds. Yeah. I have to help. I get recruited. And every single time I'm doing it, I have a number of thoughts. I'm flooded with thoughts. One of them is there's got to be a better system. Like there's got to be something that is closer to a sleeping bag. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, the the multiple sheets and the way things have to fold down and, and don't get me started on a freaking down comforter. I'm sure your wife has the same thing. Our wives get similar things. But it's this down comforter that has a du- a duvet cover, and then you have to pull it in and then re- and fold it backwards and like tie it in a certain. When we start doing that, I start going ballistic every single time. I'm just like, I don't understand why is this the system? This has been around for who knows how many hundreds of years, and this is the way we're still doing it. I would gladly make the bed if it was like Jetson's time. And we figured out a way to just do it efficiently and cleanly. But I get mad at the antiquated nature of it. And it just makes me think, I'm above this. I'll just come back to this tonight and I'll work my way into it and it'll be fine. We're talking about blankets, though. (laughs) So I think the same thing applies. Of course, I think the same thing applies to blankets. If you're not going to have guests, because I do agree that if you go to somebody's house and you're like, oh, there's a bundled up blanket on their couch. Ew, I don't. That means somebody drooled there, or worse. And, but if if it's just me and my family, I know who was on the couch last night. I was there. We were watching a movie together after we argued about which one it would be. I I don't make I, my kids I don't fold blankets. Blanket. I don't I I don't make them do that. But I do it because I like it. But I recognize it as a matter of taste. So it makes me happy. But I don't I don't enforce that on the kids because I don't think that would be fair. So I, I think that's the compromise. I admit that it's a matter of taste. Well, so is Michelle right or is her husband right? Because that's really what this comes down to. You're saying that her husband is right. I'm saying that. You no, know, I don't think it's a, I think it's a matter of taste. It's not a matter. You have to live together and, you know, you, yeah, you got to meet I think the, the situation here, I think that the situation is easy. If her husband believes that the uh, blankets need to be folded and put away, well, he can do it. That's what I'm saying. Don't don't drag Michelle into it. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree with that. And okay. I'll give a little rec here. Today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Th- thanks rec. for the thanks for giving us these um these questions, these topics of conversation. I learned lots of stuff. Sounds like I might get to go surfing again soon. Um a little wreck for you guys. I mean, I could just wreck that documentary because it yeah, if you're our age and you and you were into basketball and want to relive the Jordan glory days. That's great. I think if I think if you care about sports at all, Let, I'll, it, I'll make that I'll make that the wreck, the last dance. I'm not. I've got at least one more episode, and um, like Phil Jackson is an interesting person. Like we haven't talked about this, but I'm like, man, what a what a someone who doesn't fit the mold for his particular job. Such, such an interesting guy. I wish they would have talked more about him. I want to see a Phil Jackson documentary. Well, you know the guy who directed uh, The Last Dance also did a documentary on Andre the Giant. I've seen that one then. Yeah. That was good um, too. 
but he's also done like two or three other ones. He just oh he's because he's I think he did one on the Pistons maybe he did one on an, another another team. I think that I could I don't think it has to be the Chicago Bulls. I think I'm I think I'm really opening myself up to sports documentaries in general. Thirty for thirties. All right, last dance. That's our recommendation. Uh, hashtag your biscuits. Let us know what you think about these topics. If that's blankets or reliving a. Uh, a point in, in your life or all the stuff we said about music. Let us have it. We'll speak at you next week. <laughs>